Hi there, it's Guinevere Lee. I am visiting bookstores around southern Ontario to promote my Bronze Age historical fantasy novels, Orope the White Snake and Picari the Azure Fish. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to learn more about that ongoing series. On October 30th, 11am to 5pm, we will be at Indigo Burlington Centre at Guelph Line and Queen Elizabeth Way. Come on down to learn about my novels or to just chat about The Lord of the Rings. See you then! Hello and welcome to Ravenpod, the only Lord of the Rings podcast that has ingested large amounts of THC in order to remain calm. <laughs> I'm going to be And I am Noel Sayar. Actually, I don't really need to be stoned. Uh, this was a pretty good episode. Yeah. I actually liked that episode. Surprise, hey. everyone. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. It was good. I mean, maybe because it mostly focused on the Harfoots and the Dwarves, which yes. I think we've established is the best part of the show. <laughs> so far, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, basically everything with the Numenorians was... I was going to say nonsense, but then it seemed a little too harsh. <laughs> well, yeah. And also we see a little bit more of this cultist that didn't really like uh, make it clear where they are. No, it's still very ambiguous. Yeah. And In the beginning, I even considered that they are just... Regular humans, they're maybe even like uh, some of the black Numenorians. Yeah, that for... but they're obviously not human, yeah. as we've established in this episode. In a in a very good, creepy scene. Again, hardfoot stuff, you know. A oh, plus, yeah. five stars. Um, very very eerie scene. You know, if I'm trying to like think of what they possibly could be from the books. I mean, really, the only thing that could come to mind would be a Valar or yeah. a Maiar, which is, you know, Sauron was a Maiar. The other thing that I thought is that it could be the Blue Wizards, but then I was like, oh no, there's three. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that might have been funny. And then, you know, they're obviously evil because they burn down all yeah. the caravans. But yeah, like, uh, my impression is it is a Maiar, but... But what is... But... Maya is kind of... Yeah. But so generic that it is, don't really give us m m much information, but... Um, or it could just possibly be a completely original creation for the show. Like a creature. <laughs> and I suppose they could justify it by saying, like, well, you know, there's creatures that do exist, like Tom Bombadil, that have no origin and don't really, <laughs> like... You know, um, very ambiguous past. So it's, in, I don't think it's beyond the the realm that maybe there are other magical beings yeah. that we just don't know about. But I don't know. <laughs> For sure, I don't think they're gonna give us a proper explanation this season. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we're definitely gonna get some kind of big reveal in the final episode. They gotta go out with a bang. Whatever that is. It might be related to these cultists or these three women. I don't even know if they're a cult now. They might yeah. just be these three, you know? Like a cult-like. Yeah. <laughs> the, the refugees, they say they are heading for some, like a foreign Numenorean colony, but not Umbar. 
Yeah, I thought they would go to Umbar. I know, But they too. just pulled something else out of their ass. I mean, they have more colonies. Yeah. More, more outposts that, like, Umbar we'll, itself. I think but. they're going to save Umbar until season two. Yes. That's going to be kind of like the big set piece for the season two. And I guess, like, Umbar is going to have some kind of dark connotations as a kind of, like, a make contrast with, like, a Gondor. Well, the city is going to become Gondor in the future. So what I think, like, technically, like, Numenor have several colonies through the coast. Yeah. So because Umbar in the in the future is gonna become like the the, the settle of the dark Numenorians, the kind of like the focus of evilness, yeah. they're gonna go to completely different one and kind of like make this like a polarity of like the Umbar band, gone through good. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Do you think? we're going to see Minas Tirith in this show. I mean, if we actually followed the timeline of the books, Minas Tirith and Gondor, it's it's founded before the last alliance of elves Mm -hmm. and men, which is the big battle where Sauron very nearly dies, but not quite. (laughs) So... Like, it would make sense to see Minas Tirith. Minas I mean, I think definitely we wouldn't see it until, you know, season five. No Minas Tirith, but it's a city, like a poor city just south of Minas Tirith. That Is that uh, the one that they're heading to? <laughs> that apparently was the one that, uh, according to the lore, arrived for the first time, and that colonies eventually go to the north and make all of the settlements that become Gondor. Mm-hmm. But now I don't remember the... the the, the name of the town. But I guess it's going to go something like that. They cannot just like go to one of these colonies and eventually this colony is going to grow and maybe become wandering, you know, in the far, far future. But it wouldn't be the far, far future because Isildur founds... He f- like, the founding of Gondor is before yeah. the final war. So, like... Why not just have it? Well, yeah. Why not just have it in the show? We don't need yeah. to have, like, a stand-in. Like, it, it, it's in there. It's in the timeline. So if they stick to the book's timeline, which, as we know, they don't nope. give a shit about. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I think it would be nice to see Minas Tirith and Umbar and all of these cities mm. that I'm actually aware of and not... Just keep making stuff up, which I'm not saying don't make stuff up, but you know, you fall in love with these locations in the books and you think like, okay, it would be really cool to see someone's interpretation of it. Like that shot of Armenelos, I think is still my favorite 10 seconds of this whole (laughs) series. Uh, It's wonderful. It like lived up to my expectations, you know? So I I want to see the named places, yeah, <laughs> as well as leaving room for new things. But I want those to be the main focus. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, let's face it, it's why the people is here. Yeah, give us what we want. I mean, the people is coming to this TV show because they love the books or because they love the movies as well. So like, uh, if you will create like something completely new from zero, it. It's not what the people is is here for. Right, exactly. 
And you know what? They've, <laughs> they've invented quite a lot, so I don't right. think they have anything <laughs> to complain about if they just give me a few things. <laughs> like, so, so no like, like Caliborn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they finally said the name. <laughs> and poof, disappeared in the mist. I mean, you know, is the obvious question, is this canon? And the obvious answer is no. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I do not believe Caliborn was ever presumed dead for any amount of time. But it's like, oh, my hood. I'm like, what? Yeah, where the <laughs> fuck is he? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, they just came up with this bullshit explanation yeah. that he was, like, Lost in a battle. And obviously, magically, it's gonna appear in season two from nowhere. I mean, but but <laughs> why don't keep it around? I mean, right. I, I, I don't see much of it. Well, yeah, because they want to Galadriel fly free, I guess. So that she can flirt with Hallbrand, so that they can have a big reveal at the end of season three where Caliborn shows up again. Like, yeah. I get it. And just slap it in the face. And they challenge the each other to a duel. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I have a big problem with false tension. That is false? <laughs> uh, I find, like, it, I just don't understand it. Because why bother trying to trick us about something that... Uh, is well known. Yeah, it, it's very well known. So, like, is Isildur dead? Uh, fucking obviously not. <laughs> is Caliborn dead? No. <laughs> like uh, e even if you only watch the Peter Jackson movies, you yeah. know you know that he's not dead. Even even <laughs> in Peter Jackson's film, which famously cut out many characters, Caliborn yes. made the cut. So if you've only ever seen those films, you know that he's still alive. Equal that the Sildor appear yeah. in the first five minutes of the trilogy, <laughs> literally. So you know what happened with him. <laughs> so it just feels lazy. It feels like filler. It um, It's just a little disappointing, I guess is the best way to say it. I mean, my feelings with this TV show overall, not only this episode, is... Part of the way I see is like, okay, they're doing things like giving giving us things for people that is fun for the books, that is fun for the lore. And in the same time, they are doing things for people that technically don't know nothing about the TV show and they want to be big surprises, just reveals. I just have a hard time believing those people exist. And the, and the thing is, you cannot do both in the same time. <laughs> well, that too. So it's like a or... I acknowledge that the people know the lore and go in that direction or just try to make something very new that nobody like can know about but they cannot do the both things and in the end I think it is not achieving none of them. You know, just to be fair to this show, I want to say that within this episode there was tension that I felt worked very well. Uh, for example, when Theo finally makes it to the camp. Also, by the way, why were they all scattered? I was very confused about that. I mean, they all woke up in the village. They, didn't, yeah. <laughs> they just wandered off in every direction. I, anyway, I'm getting <laughs> off track. But Theo enters the tent, and he's mm -hmm. looking around for his mom. And there really it was a sense, like, I wasn't entirely sure if they... I was like, maybe they will kill yeah. her off, you know, and then we'll have 
that be a catalyst for Theo to become evil or yes. a Rondir <laughs> going on a vengeance quest. Like for a moment, I would I I bought that it it was a possibility, and I was getting a little emotional. So. You know, if you have a character that, that is that original to the show... That you can kill. <laughs> you can play with that kind of tension. But when you have these, like, named characters that are, like, fairly well-known, yeah. like, we know that they don't die. It's just like, what is the point of this? And then do you have that character that you can kill and you don't kill them? Yeah. <laughs> and fucking kill Bronwyn. <laughs> yeah. Kill someone already. <laughs> Oh, well, they did kill Atomno. <laughs> that one, that's a real death. And that did upset me, actually. I, yeah. I was a little heartbroken. I, I mean, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah. But at the same time, it made me sad, because I had kind of grown fond of his puppy dog eyes. I know. <laughs> See, I did like this episode. I just want to underline that. This and he died th three days after he retired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was saying, you know, the irony, like, I've had enough battle for a lifetime, and then, like, you know, the, the Valar in the sky just being like, okay, <laughs> we'll take that from you. I did like however cheesy it was, that little reveal at the end with the, the title cards changing. From oh, come Southwest. on. No, it was so over the top. I loved it. <laughs> But also, I could have used more subtitles and maps in this episode because I was really trying to understand their journey back. Like, they were in a forest, and I was like, well, is this for Which side of the mountains is the forest on? Because they were right next to the mountains. So surely mm. they would just go through the mountain pass or, like... Like, I, I, I just, I was really confused about the geography in the episode. Again, I didn't understand why everyone was separated. I, I just, I needed a little help. I, I think that the part in the forest was inside Mordor. And, Did and, they go a different way? And then when they, when they go to the mountains, that is the, actually the mountain pass. And this is a cross. Yeah, but that village was right next to the mountain. Because the tower was at... The mountain, that was the river. They are, cha they are changing the distances. I don't know, I'm very they confused. Like that the mountain, Mount Doom, can be 5 kilometers away or 50, de depending on the shot. Also, in the wide shot at the last episode when they had Mount Doom, it was like so big looming over them. And then in this episode... It's just in the very back... Well, honestly, that's the size that it should be. When we were talking about how little itty-bitty Mount Fuji is, that yeah. is kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, if it is 50 or 60 k's, as we say, yes, yeah. that it is. But, so, but when they looked, was not yeah, 50 k. Yeah, so, you know... Like, again, people in this production just do not have conversations with each other. No, I mean, we don't need it to make a dramatic explosion. Yeah, you can put it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> just copy-paste. Enhance! Enhance! Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, other than the nonsense that that that, that town it is completely destroyed by the heat wave, but... Some people are alive. Yeah, some people are alive. Some people are like slowly crawling away. Oh yeah, one person was burning and and crawling, but that was the aftermath. So it's like for how long that yeah, man was like, was born? The scene, like we had had a cut to this scene, so it felt like a time jump, and this guy is still like. So he was lying and suddenly started to fly me like a 50 <laughs> seconds ago? <laughs> I don't know, man. 
Because when I saw it, like, a, oh no, I think I saw wrong. I mean, he must be just lie down and just say he's dead. And, you know, the camera tricked me. But like, no, he's crawling. Yeah. <laughs> and so slowly, like, not even making a sound. And then the fucking horse running by with its... <laughs> with its saddle on fire? I don't know. I remember the last people who say, like, don't worry, <laughs> any animal will be hurt in that show. And it's like the flaming horse, like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I fully believe even that horse was okay. Because <laughs> it was just the saddle on fire. <laughs> and of course, Zildor's horse survives. Well, yeah. And they released it in the wild, so now I know that it's going to go back to the village and, like, dig him out with his nose. The, the, the basically with, with Aragorn. Yeah, it's going to be like that horrible scene from the Two Towers that I fucking hate because it's just filler nonsense that yes. the, the movie invented for some reason. To, again, to give full tension. Yeah, oh the... no, is Aragorn dead? <sighs> <laughs> But then we did say like that aggressive friendship with with Legolas going like like blast and they give it like the, oh, the, the, the amulet. Friendship is what you call it. I <laughs> I have a different word for it. <laughs> but yes, that was a great moment. <laughs> Only for that scene. But they could it have had it. that moment like after the battle, like they see each other. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That remember like the the night the nineties action movies, yeah. so, you know, like 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 blast. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like an arm wrestling with as they shake it's hands. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how guys greeted each other in the eighties. Exactly. <laughs> oh well, I I think overall, good improvement. Well, we, we didn't talk about too much about the during. Yeah, all the dwarf stuff. Yeah. I was a, I was, mm, I was gonna say mildly disappointed, but I feel like that's a lie. <laughs> I, it was, it was disappointing. That the Mithril thing is actually true. I was still uh, holding yeah. on to the hope that it was just a, a, a plot. It was Gilgada. a ruse to get the Mithril. Angirgada Saura. <laughs> well, even if he wasn't, that it was just. It was just a way for them to manipulate the situation to get the Mithril to do whatever they wanted with it. That, that would make much more sense. Yeah, it would make much more sense. And yet, we see finally that, yes, the Mithril does like heal the evil. Or whatever that is. So, I, that was unfortunate. But, I mean, the rest of the dwarf stuff, like I, I did yeah. like the build-up with uh, Durin and Durin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've I've always been a sucker for father son drama, so I like it. And I remember we talk about the that maybe with another kings between the Durins, but kind of like Elrond say that like a Durin the second was actually the father of Durin the third. Yeah, well, I mean, we got yeah. that confirmed at least. It, well, in this, I mean, again, it's not... Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's not canon, it will never be canon, but as far as this show is concerned... Yes. Uh, yeah, it's Durin, son of Durin, son of Durin. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not, like, totally against. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the timeline, though. Because... Yeah. You know, the second age is a good 3,000 years long, and 
dwarves don't live much longer than like five hundred years or so. I I I think that less than that. The, the, yeah, but I think that's like the kind of the top. Yeah, let's say because they yeah. are like uh, they kings they like have them. the best doctors. Well, yeah. I, I that's it because they have the center for the original Durin, yeah, you know, yeah. they have... But we something, know something. that in the Third Age we have Durin the Sixth. Yeah. So, for there to only be five, like, like five direct descendants, I, it doesn't make any sense. There have to be other kings in between. Yeah, because the First Age is 2,000? The First Age is much shorter than that. The First Age is like 1,000. 1,000. And the second age is four, almost four. I think it's... It's, fi- it's fi- almost 4,000. It's 35,000, yeah. something like that. And Khazad-dum was founded... Uh, it was pretty early on. It yeah. was before the second age, so... It's going to be f- at least 4,000. Yeah, yes. it's a lot. So it is 800 years <laughs> per, per, per durin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's much too long. There no. have to be other kids. I mean, obviously, there are... The timeline doesn't matter in this show. Because they are putting the Balrog, yeah. and, and the Balrog not happen until the third day. Oh, yeah. So, and, well, yeah. we already saw that scene in the trailer, but, you know, I still like seeing it. Oh, wings and all. Oh. I don't mind the wings. It doesn't bug me. No. It doesn't bug me. But, honestly, I have secret hope that they're going to keep the Balrog until season three. Well, I still think, yeah, the, the big the big attacks get... I think it, uh, even farther back. I think it's not going to be until season five. If it's, uh, and yeah, I think... And they're basically like a sleepy, the, the puppy, for well, sources seasons I there. think, like I said before, <laughs> they're acknowledging it because, again, even the most casual of viewers <laughs> is going to know that there's a Balrog and you can't hide the fact that there's a Balrog. So just acknowledge it and have it as a nice little teaser. But you can yeah. save it for a few seasons, you know? It's, yeah, it's going to so. be at the back of everybody's mind. I like that. Um, I don't understand why they don't give us the same respect for things like Isildur and Celeborn's very realistic and believable deaths. Well, for uh, Isildur, I didn't really mind because it's, oh, everything is going to happen in a, f- honestly, in, in, in a few weeks. You know, I know that he's. I I know he's alive. Like, yeah, I know he is. But how? Because honestly. A burning <laughs> roof fell on top of him. I mean, I guess, and just big, heavy boulders. Like I, I mean, for the same reason that any of the people in that village is alive. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. You're right. Everyone should be dead, so it doesn't matter. Uh, let's say nothing that, matters anymore. Noel, yeah. there are no consequences. Uh, honestly, I, I don't really mind about this Hildor. It's it's very cliche, but the thing with the maid with Celeborn is I don't know. Yeah. It's a little bit more worrisome, lore-wise, to, for me. Yeah, it's like a big departure. Because Celeborn was important. <laughs> I mean, was he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I mean I, he was. I, I love that they were devoted to each other, and they had a very healthy marriage for, well, I think, at least 6,000 yes. years. I would say, like, I don't know, it's more, but, yeah. Celeborn's a bit of a 
an accessory. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously in 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 the, in the marriage it is like one more important, like we, and that is yeah. that's Galadriel. Obviously, it yeah. is why he got the ring and not Celeborn. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that Celeborn don't play any role at all, you know. I like to think of them as a power couple. Yes, you know, like Galadriel, she's so strong because she has the support of her husband. Actually, maybe that's why she's a whiny teenager in the show, because Caliborn's not around. Maybe. <laughs> she's lost that guiding force in her life. But I guess they're doing with every single plus one in this show. Like the Elrond mothers. <laughs> Dead. Mother. Like uh, Isildur's mother. Dead. Dead. Like Caliborn. Uh, Dead. Dead. <laughs> we have rooms for plus ones. I mean, there's a lot of characters, so you got... <laughs> Gotta cut some of them out. Exactly. <laughs> Olivia is the r- really like a good plus one. I love the scene in this episode of she like a forging an axe, and the can yeah. and the candle just <clears throat> break a little bit. This high high uh, housewifeish. Uh, imagine that they give it in some parts. I mean, she went full Lady Macbeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and in then it's like. A, Kill the king. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I was not expecting that from Disa. I I even remember I said, like, I thought, oh, you know, she can fucking sing to the mountain, so she's gonna be opposed to the digging. No, oh. she is leading that charge. <laughs> and I I mean I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I I, I mean I, I like Disa before, but yeah. now they just give they just turn it to eleven to me. Yeah, I I really do like that she's I mean, she is the stronger willed of the two. Yes. Absolutely. And you can see, like, Durin, he's very... Emotional. <laughs> like, he really needs people's, um, like, love and affection. Yeah. So you, you can see, like, he's, like... Like he really wants like Elrond to love him and Disa to love him and his father to love him. Like, so he's always trying to, like, please everybody. Um, which is really sweet and, and a little heartbreaking because those are the kind of people who can be manipulated into yeah. these situations that they're obviously going to live to regret. <laughs> um, but it, it is kind of curious to me, like, how far are they going to go with this? Like, are, are we turning into a Game of Thrones situation? Are they going to try to kill the king or no, I... like make an accident or are they just going to wait him out, you know? I, I think it's like, it's, it's all. <laughs> I think, you know, we clearly, he, Durin Third is the, the king who receives the Ring of yep. Power. So he still needs to be alive for that, unless the show just really doesn't care about canon by that point, and I'm, I'm starting to sniff that a little bit. I... I... But I think it would be interesting if he got his ring... And then, like, Durin... <clears throat> not even, not even. But just that Durin realizes at that point that as long as his father has the ring, like, you know, it's going to give him, like, longevity and yeah. more power. And I think maybe a, a little bit out of jealousy and a little bit just out of, like, we need to, like, get that Mithril, he's going to, like, kill his father and basically take the ring and take the crown. I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I I know that like uh you know the Durin's ha- going over the cliff. What, <laughs> what happened with the books don't don't matter anymore. Yeah. But like uh, I mean, I think it is a little ambiguous. But some of the the things that I read seems like the <clears throat> uh, 
the ring that Durin had was the only ring that actually was given by Celebrimore himself. Yeah, you said... So, I, I don't know, like, I didn't do any research on I, that. Uh, so, it's what I mean. Did you find out more information about I, that? I, I, well, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for a, a that a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I, I give you permission. But, you may bring this evidence to the next episode. But, um, because the, the show can do whatever they want, yeah. they can... T- Twist that and give the ring to Durin the Fourth. Yeah, they can fuck with it however they want because they have the rights and fuck you. And and you know <laughs> it's like a maybe Durin the Fourth get the ring and in the moment they get the ring, okay, now I'm the king. Yeah, I mean obviously it's basically he needs to become king to mine the mithril, and it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, he's telling himself it's. To save his friend, but in reality, it's it's no. his greed, and the greed will consume him. And the metaphor of green, the Balrog, will literally destroy Casa Doom. Uh, it's poetic, and we love it, and I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah, because I mean, it's not only greed in the meaning of gold or precious, but he say like they're all allies. Mm-hmm. He see the elves as an asset. It's mm-hmm. like a they're gonna be an army. They give resources. You know, it's prosperity for Caradun. And actually, yeah. actually he was right. I no, mean, he it, is right. What's a, what's a good deal? <laughs> you know, I don't even understand what Durin the Third's problem is, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> does he have some kind of, like, foreknowledge that a Balrog is in the depths of Moria? Like, why is he so hesitant to dig for it? I, I guess he just all and one day do for the, by the book, you know, by the old traditions. Yeah, but like... And that's really racist. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you just want the mithril for yourself? Like, even then? Like, he just doesn't want to dig it at all. Yeah. I, so I don't understand his lack of motivation for that. I must say he's just like a reactionary. He's just like old and they want anything that changes. You know, they don't want... Uh... I guess. I mean, they were trying to play it like he was concerned of it because of the cave-in. So he's like, oh, it's too dangerous. But yeah, I, what, I you never have cave-ins? Like, you never have cave-ins? Come the fuck on. That's yeah. a part of mining. I, I mean, you literally make a city inside the mountain. Yeah. Well, how, yeah. how that happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it would make you a little more cautious to prevent cave-ins if you lived in the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, y- you would maybe, like... Okay, we're gonna move the mining operation like as far away from the city as possible, or whatever. Like, ugh. Yeah. anyway, I mean, I, the, whatever. The, I just don't really understand his motivation. I don't buy his motivation. Yeah. I should say. The next episode is the final episode. Mm-hmm. We got uh, a trailer, which yeah, of course we don't really see too much information. No, or not, nothing that really no, reveals secrets. No, although, like, the weirdest face I've ever seen a person give when Nori's, like, staring at the screen and her body's kind of moving like a snake. And they're like, what's <laughs> happening here? Is she trying to be, like, sexy? Like, trying to seduce? Mm. <laughs> Hello, stranger. <laughs> or, like, she looks like she's hypnotized. Like, Mwah. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, what are your predictions for the finale? How are we going to go out with a bang? Because we got to go out with a so, I think... And there was a bang in the trailer. We we did see, like, something exploded, like the, the forge or something. I, I, to me, I think it was Numenor. 
I don't think it was Numenor. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for, for me, I, I was clear. I know, but I, 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 th I think she's gonna come back to Numenor, and something's gonna happen that is gonna give it the power to, to her father's son. Well, that already happened. She's blind. I think now it's going to be like, oh, she can't lead us because she's blind. And, you know, they're all ableist because oh, it's the medieval ages. What, what is like a, it is the tower of the king, the old king. And they just like blow it up to like a, <laughs> kind of just like a remove any other contender for the throne. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. What are they exploding though? They haven't established that they have explosive capabilities like they don't have gunpowder well they have a lot of oil uh, as we saw in the boats they have exploding boats <laughs> they have exploding boats that's right <laughs> so I think it's gonna happen in Numenor uh, then with a the stranger I think like the half is gonna find him and they're gonna have some kind of fight or no they are Oh, you mean like a fight with the um... with the cultists yeah, kind of things yeah. so the cultists or whatever so are we, like, confirming that this guy is Gandalf now? Like, are we just, are we at that point? Well, it's not Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> it will, he will always be not Gandalf. Yes. To, to, to me, I think he's going to be not Gandalf. Well, I mean, clearly the show has established that he's good. Yes. Because he he brought the, the fruits yeah. back to life. Like, I think... That's, that's, that's I, I, I mean, right? like, a, all of that tends to make him bad there, like, yeah. a, pr pretty bad, so, yes. And now we see the, the, you know, the women pursuing him, it's still unclear exactly what they want with him, or what but, but if they have a connection to him. Now they're obviously evil, just in case but, we, we didn't got it yeah, <laughs> until but, now. Yeah, it, it seems like we're obviously pitting them against each other, so it's even more of a confirmation that he is good. Yeah. So, I think we can at least say 100% he's a wizard. But, uh, and the only thing that I don't sure is how it's gonna end the elf slash dwarf storyline. That is the one that I don't really know yet. Well, I mean, it's a little confuzzling because obviously in the books there was a wonderful friendship between Kaiser Doom and Eregion before the rings were made. So, oh yeah, like during the third was like he was pro elf. In the books. It's very strange to see him like this. I mean, that was the pro-elf king. Yeah. Not during the fourth. During the third was the, the, the highest, like, a friend of Yeah, that's when they, they built the door, which is all, you know, friendship between elves yeah. and dwarves. Like, obviously, they're going to move that to during the fourth. But it's, it's all backwards. What, what else can I say? It, but the thing is, if you're going to move into during the fourth, you need to kill during the third. I know. Why not just have during the third? Like, it could be a young during the third who's, exactly. like, just come into the ground and he's eager to help the elves. And maybe, like, you know, some of the dwarven counselors are opposed to this and they're, like, try to usurp the throne or whatever. Like, you could still have lots of great drama. Like, you don't need to yeah. change the character. It's very bizarre to me. I mean, obviously, they want to have that tension. Uh, I think they wanted to tell a father-son story. Yeah. Which, again, 
I like, so I don't really know what I'm complaining about, but I'm complaining. <laughs> You're complaining because they're changing the books. <laughs> I don't like it when they change the book. Why do they change the book? <laughs> See, you are the, doing the third from the talking. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want changes. You we know must follow have, the old ways. You don't have, have risks. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> well, I think we cover for today. Yeah. We are gonna watch it again the episode this weekend. Probably. Yes, definitely. And uh, it is Thanksgiving weekend. So, so we'll, we're gonna do our best to we'll watch it in a food coma. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that turkey. And I'm not just saying that because I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> but also that. But also because. <laughs> yes. So uh, you have a quote for today. No, but I have a pile of books, so let's let's find me one. I say that as though I ever have a quote planned. I always just randomly pull one out. Of well, I, I guess my question is, do you have books around? <laughs> I have books. I have books. All is well. It is a weary road for the people to take, torn suddenly from their homes. There were hard words, for it is long since war has driven us from the green fields, but there have been no evil deeds. All is now ordered, as you see, and your lodging is prepared for you, for I have had full tidings of you, and know the hour of your coming. <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs>
Peccati takes them further, going to new kingdoms and introducing new characters. The gods are still angry, but the whispers of the gods are closer than ever to saving the world from a terrible flood. Kareth is still working for the powerful Imota. Kareth hopes Imota will help him deliver his message to the ruler of Mahat. But everything changes when the sorcerer Dedelian takes an interest in him. After the winter snows have melted, Tersh decides to head into the mountain kingdom of Matawe to reach the city of Nesete. Lost in this strange land, she must rely on the help of Tuthalia, a soldier with an unknown past who plans to return home and start a family. Shadi's journey seems doomed by the death of their leader, but the hunter K-Set promises to lead them through the jungle. There are sinister things in the jungle though, and their journey is beset by disease and attacks from wild animals. Samaki sails east, a last attempt to make a good trade that will save his livelihood. The Middle Sea has changed since Samaki last sailed though, and the waters are rife with the ruthless sea people. Continue this wonderful journey through the fantasy world of Picari the Azure Fish, the sequel to Orope the White Snake. Ebook, paperback, and audiobook out now. You can buy it on Amazon, Chapters Indigo, Barnes and Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, please go to the website guineverlee.com. Do you want a cake? <laughs>